Oh, I got his ass now. You have to be fast on the track. I hate that guy. This race can change the rest of your life. Those absolute clowns at 15bmx.com. Go on, do my best, and whatever happens, then it's good. My butt all got stretched a little bit. And I got a tight little butt. Look, I'm about to light this shit up. Coffee Chatter Live, where are you guys at? Oh, Canada! Coming out of the answer tent right now. Pop Dog Millionaire! Let's make some noise, Tori Nighthog! Whoa! Show 208, one of our good buddies, Jack Davis, fellow Answer S squared, get yours today, Ryder. Um, it's going to be good to have him on. Just got his first rate or first win of his career in USA BMX in Reno recently. That old barn and that old dog just conquered it. What's up, P Daddy? What's up, T? Nice to talk to you again. Uh, I'm excited for today's show. I'm a little flat right now, but I'm excited to have Jack on. Um, all around, just good guy, happy guy, hard worker, loves the game kind of guy. So um, it'll be excited to have him on and. Yeah, coming off his first win is always exciting, uh, especially in Reno. I mean, that's just a classic to have a win in Reno to say you do. It's just like a, it's a USA BMX staple place to have a win. So that's cool. It's exciting. You're a little flat right now. What's happening? I'm, I didn't have my afternoon cup of coffee, kind of driving a lot. I did, I was, I've been doing my class three driving lessons. So literally my mm -hmm. day has been driving and you know how tiring it is just to be driving all day long and trying to do driver's lessons where you're trying to follow the rules of the road hundred percent, dude. And my brain is just tired. It is tiring. I drove three hours back from Malibu this morning. It's driving is tiring. It's, I know it's not like that long of a drive, but it is tiring. Exactly. It's like not body tired. It's just mentally mind. You know, you come out, you have to just a little flat. So we're picking the energy up. Jack will be the energy to come on and everyone will have a great show. It's good. Bro, get your winning starts at the great gate. Uh, Jack Davis, great starter. Reno winner. He knows he got to practice. He can't be practicing on some janky ass system. The tracks in Florida, Jack's trains at. Yep, you guessed that they're all pro get Europe's. So, you know, you got it. Is. Go get one today, guys. You can actually, like, your track can actually buy the same gate that the World Cups and the Olympics and all these top races use. Like, you, it's not like impossible. All you got to do is go exchange some currency and they will provide you with the gate. It's that simple. Like, you can do it. Just a simple currency exchange. It's all it is these days. You know, many things we have to do that for food, gas, you name it. Gates, one of them. Go do it. Yeah. Boy, have I had a fucking week this past week. I'm going to get into my trip home from Ontario. But before we get in, before we get into my trip home, I just want to thank all the all the track operators, all the tracks families that took care of me and hosted me in Ontario. Uh, I really appreciate it. I had, honestly had a blast. It was crazy busy and um, went by really quickly. I was there for like 10 days, but I was able to coach at four different tracks, uh, Milton, Stouffville, uh, Kingston, and Depean. So thanks to the tracks for having me. I had a blast. We'll definitely come back next year and, and coach some more clinics there. Um, we're going to get into my, we're going to get into my travel day back home. Cause it's okay. one of those times James, that I was thinking, you know, we talk about, you got to pay your dues. Yep. Always. This, this was one of those days. The funny thing is, I think you're past paying your dues, so it really sucks for you. Yeah, but this was one of those <laughs> days. So I leave the house at like 12, get to the Ottawa airport, 1230, whatever. I got like a 2.45 flight, plenty of time, breeze through everything. I'm in the terminal, and then I see the flights delayed by like 15 minutes. I'm not really thinking anything of it. I'm kind of like wearing my AirPods, so I'm kind of like half paying attention to like whatever's happening. You yeah, know? if you see 15 minutes, I mean, these days, like it's standard. You don't, you don't even blink an eye at 15 minutes. 
But then like a couple of times, like warning sirens go off in the airport and we get alerts on our phone. Like, you know, there's a red alert. Sometimes everyone's phone mm. goes off. Right. Yeah. It was emergency weather report that there was like a, a tornado warning. So we have to, you know, seek oh, shelter. I'll look outside. It's raining sideways, but I don't know. I'm just so used to like traveling that I'm just like, oh, well, I, you know, whatever. We'll still take off. No problem. <laughs> yeah, it's a little rain. It'll come by. It'll pass through. We'll just take off around it. It's good. Yeah. So this happens a few times. Long story short get delayed an hour. I check and it's like, we're going to be delayed like an hour. And I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be fucking tight with my connection. <laughs> <laughs> so I go, I go up to the lady and there's like no other flight option. She's like, okay, I got to, she's like, if you miss your flight, I can get you on one in the morning. And I was like, well, like I was supposed to fly into San Diego and then we're going to drive up to Malibu. Right. Right. Yeah. The whole the yeah, excursion. So I was like, well, I got a wedding to be the next day. So if that's the case, like, can I just get on an LA flight? Cause there's no point in me going to San Diego at that point in time. True. And she's like, okay, it's whatever they back it up. So they put in my file, apparently that like the next day, if I miss my flight, I'll automatically be put onto an LA flight the next day. Okay. So by the time we get going, I realize we're in the air. We're going to have like, I'm going to have 15 minutes to catch my connection. Oh my God. So I like do up my <laughs> shoes and like a second, the fucking plane lands, dude, I just run to the front. Here's what pissed me off. You know, they get on the PA and it's like, okay, people have tight connections. Like, if you don't have a tight connection, stay seated, whatever. Dude, nobody obeys those little, those, those apps. It's not an obey. It's not something you're forced to do, but like nobody is respectful enough to keep seated most of the time. So me and a few people like hurry to the front and there's like five people in front of me. Two people in front are like the two people at the front of first class. And they're talking about how they don't have a connection and they're just not caring. It's like, get the fuck out of the way then. What are you doing? You're, you're literally at the front of the plane already. You can let like three, four, five people by. It's not a big deal. Dude, it's brutal. Like yeah. that's brutal. Anyway, so full sprint through the airport in vans. Full sprint. <laughs> it's it's one of those deals. What, what, uh, how, much, how much suitcase you got with you? You just got a backpack on? I just got my backpack. So I just buckled it and I was just ready for the run. <laughs> Full sprint mode. So I'm full sprint through the airport. Realize I got to take a train to a different term. Of course, it's the other side of the fucking airport. My my gate. Of, Wait, course. of course. It wouldn't be normal. It wouldn't be nice just to be next door. Yeah, you can't do that. Exactly. Of course. And so I run and there's this like one, like you can take a shuttle across like a bus. And I look and it says leaving in, in seven minutes. And I was like, I got to be at the gate in like a couple. So that ain't going to cut it. So I just keep yeah. running. And then I, anyway, yeah. get on a train, run to the gate. Dude, it took off like five minutes early too. And no I missed it. fucking way. Yeah, it left early. <laughs> so you just ran through the entire airport for absolutely no reason, of course. You don't make Skin it. Splint, brutal, like dripping in sweat. So then I just like, fuck, walk back to the customer service count. There's no one even at the gate. I'm like two minutes late. There's no one at the gate. How the fuck does it leave early? How is that a thing? And how yeah, is that know. allowed or possible even? Because they know somebody's they, missing, especially too. I know. They literally just sent him earlier than the fucking gate person was, wasn't even there. They just like literally pieced out early. Were you looking at like maybe the departure time and not the end of like boarding? Like what is the, you know, there's a boarding time. Obviously that's when the boarding time starts. Departure time. Is that when the doors close or the planes leaving? See, I never know, but it said departure time 547 and it pulled away from the gate at 541 or something. So like you got there and you couldn't even see the plane there. No, it was already gone on the no runway. No fucking way. Uh, that yeah. sucks. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> so then I walk back to customer service and then I'm in the customer service line. Of course, it's huge, right? It's yep. fucking huge. Yep. There's a bunch of people missed their flight. What airport are you in, by the way, when this, when this all happened? It's what? What airport were you in? Oh, Washington, D.C. Okay, never been there. Okay, continue. Yeah, big airport. Um, <laughs> so then I realized I looked up, there's a flight to L.A. in 15 minutes. I'm like, fuck, I can get on that one. 
Okay. So I took off full gas again, sprint through the airport, get there, miss that one too. Lady wasn't helpful whatsoever. So then I had to walk back again to customer service. No way. Wait there for an hour and a half. And I moved up like, you know, there's like those little stretches of snakes. Yep. Moved up one, one like line. Oh Dude, man. This one couple and two kids was at the counter for over an hour. I'm like, what are you doing there for an hour? Figure it, it out. Yeah, how does it take like, that fucking long? Up. Dude, I don't know. It was absurd. So finally, I talked to some woman online, a United woman, Brianna, I think her name was. And then I realized at this time, there's another flight to LA at 10 that has space, even though the person at the gate, the woman who wasn't helpful, told me there wasn't. Nice. She just didn't check or didn't give a fuck. Awesome. Yeah, brutal. Brutal, right? And I look online at like a flights and there's like 10 open seats. Holy shit. Okay. So then anyway, I get booked on that one, get to LA at like 12, <laughs> get to the house at 2.30 and we're-, we're Are we fine. talking like uh, middle of the night, like 2.30 a.m.? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. So this is up at seven the next day and we had like a wedding lunch and then wedding was the following day. Oh boy. <laughs> it was a big, it was a big few days. That's awful, dude. What airline was yeah, this? United. Of oh, course. of course. Yeah, of course. Fucking yeah. hell. Why does it have to be the always United, dude? They're the, they're the best and the worst airline all at the same time. Sometimes. I know. I know. So finally, finally just got home today after two weeks. Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah, that was something. You're going to need a break from traveling, I think, for like a month or two. But I was just like, I didn't want to stay in Washington, D.C. overnight by myself. That would have sucked. No, they, whenever you get stuck somewhere like that, like even if you have nowhere to be the next day, like I've had times where you're like, oh, I'll be fine. I'll just get some food and kick it in a hotel room. And then you do that. It's just boring as fuck. Dude. You do nothing. All you want to do is be home. Yeah. I don't think I would have been able to get my checked suitcase either. They probably would have just kept it. So I would have just been like in the same sweaty clothes I wore. So did your suitcase make it? It did. They rerouted it. So it did. Like it rerouted. So you got there when you got there. Yeah. I just told like, I, I don't know how that works, but I guess they automatically redid it. Yeah. I'm just thinking like, how the fuck do you go through all that? But then sometimes you go on like a one connection with like an hour layover that goes perfectly smooth and your bag doesn't make it. How the fuck does that not happen? It's a joke, isn't it? <laughs> like how do you just lose luggage or miss luggage sometimes, but then a scenario like yours where you're just missing a connection and hopping on a new plane, potentially a third plane, and then you're somehow your luggage still makes it with you. Crazy. Just rebook twice. The bag says going to San Diego and it just comes out in LA. Yeah. Like what the hell? <laughs> That's incredible, dude. Yeah. So that was, that was something. Anyway, it all worked out, but yeah, that was tiring. You must be exhausted right now. What you say so to wedding on the weekend? Uh, yeah, the wedding was, uh, you know, we had like a wedding lunch Friday and then the wedding on Saturday. Dude, it was so nice. So the wedding lunch was in Westlake Village, where Savannah's from. Okay. Beautiful area. It was at a hotel, like it was at a hotel by a golf course. It was really cool. Nice. And then the, the wedding, yeah, it was it was really nice. At, uh, like in the Malibu, or I don't know if they're, what they're called, the mountains, the like the mountains beside Malibu. I don't know if they're called the Malibu Mountains or what, but it was there. Okay, that sounds beautiful. It was really nice. We drove past the bachelor house a few times. It's right by there. Nice. Hell yeah. <laughs> I, I get a kick out of it every time I drive by it. I can imagine. Yeah. How many weddings have you been to this year? I think just one. Yeah. Okay. But I got, I got three more this year. You, been, you went to Lawrence. That's why I was thinking of it. That's why I asked. Oh, right. Lawrence. Fuck. I got, I got five this year. I totally forgot about Lawrence. Like, I've been to two and I got three more. Ah, oh, that's a ton. I know. Yeah. It's a lot. That age though. That's the age. Yeah. Around 30, everyone's getting hitched. <laughs> That's about right. <laughs> well, I'm glad you made it. Sounds like a whirlwind of a travel day. Everyone can, everyone that listens to the show, I'd say at least 95, 90% of them probably can have a story relating to that, whether it's a flight or a drive or something. 
or if you're in European, it's a train ride. I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> I always got pretty lucky when I raced too. I never had, and I never had an issue with my bike not getting there in time for racing, anything like that. We don't even have to knock on wood anymore, dude. Yeah, it's pretty good, yeah, right? I know. Like it, there was times where maybe might have showed up the next day or later, but I never had an issue where it was I was just fucked. Yeah, like where your bike just isn't there for the race completely. Yeah. Which there are some races and some places you almost expected it to, like Santiago del Estero, mm-hmm. when there's that whole travel shenanigans. It took me a week to get my stuff home from that stuff, but I was already home. So yeah, when you're already that at that point, you don't even care really either. No, you don't. Shit. Hey, well, what a weekend or what a two weeks for you. Just quickly, before, did we send Jack the thing, the link? I sent it on email, so okay. you should come on sure. in 15 minutes. Jack Davis should be on in approximately 15 minutes if you're listening to this. Okay. Oh, we also forgot. Thanks to listeners in the live YouTube chat. We see you. We're, we're not ignoring you. We're here. We're, we're here for you. Uh, we're here for you. <laughs> um, I had um, to ask about your tracks in Ontario. Um, Give me, give me, uh, which track is the best and which track was the worst? <laughs> well, I would say the, I think Milton's pretty good. Okay. Milton's pretty good. They actually have a national there next week. Is this week? They have a national there this weekend. Yeah. Okay, cool. Right. Love it. Yeah. That track's good. It's actually, I think that would be a good national champs track to be honest. Really? Like fast enough, big enough that all that. It's pretty long straightaways. It's got a pro set like room to pass yeah it's pretty it's good actually it's really good okay that's cool yeah i i personally never rode there ever fair fair yeah don't avoid the other question yeah we're not saying the other <laughs> one <laughs> to be honest, none of the tracks i went through none of them none of them are bad like, i'm fucking with you so that's fair yeah they're none of them are bad at all um Question, and it actually works out perfectly because I can see you have a chain on. I wrote in our thing. It's, it's not about bike chains. It's about chains on your neck. I see you have mm-hmm. your chain out right now. I want to be a chain out guy, but I feel uncomfortable with my chain out. How do you become a chain out guy versus... You no, know, that's funny you say that because I never wear it out anymore. Dude, I don't think I've ever worn mine out ever. And I like, I kind of want to, but also like I don't wear it to have it out. I just wear it kind of for me, but like also it's kind of, you know, it's a fashion piece. So sometimes it I wear it out. My- when I first got, I wore it out all the time. Now I just wear it in pretty much. Yeah. But I feel like it's like, a, I don't know. You see like fashion people always have, or like celebrities when they have chains on, it's out. I just feel uncomfortable with it out. I don't know it, why. It looks good in some outfits. Like for instance, if I wear, if we're going to dinner and I wear a black shirt or something and I have it out, it looks good because it pops. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Do you have a going out chain and like a daily chain? Because I... I just got the same one I wear every day. Okay. <laughs> Take it off at night too because it clangs around. If I get up to go in the bathroom or something, it's going to clang around. Yeah, I don't think I could wear mine to bed. I wouldn't like that. Yeah, I take it off every day. I, yeah. I'm a. I'm trying to be a watch guy lately. Been wearing a watch, and I, even when I, I've been trying to wear it to bed, just to keep track of my heart rate. But even that feels weird to me. I think that's something you really got to get used to is wearing a watch to bed. Yeah, just having some uh, wrist at all time. What kind of watch you got? Apple Watch. I was just, you know what? I was looking one up two days ago and I customized mine. Um, I think I'm going to pull the trigger. I uh, I was doing the same. It took me a minute. I was thinking about it for a while. And uh, I'm, I'm glad I got one. Basically, I'm glad I got one. So, what, what, Did you get the 8 or the SE or whatever? Um, I, I bought it off a friend. I believe it's the SE. It's just the basic one. That's um, the one I was going to get. Is the eight, the eight tracks your temperature for like your menstrual cycle, but I don't think that's a major concern for me at this point. So I don't <laughs> think I need it. I don't need that information. So I think I'm going with SC. <laughs> I think you can do. Yeah. I don't need to worry about that one. Hey, 
Yeah, no, it's not a it's not a huge thing in my world, so yeah. I think we'll go SE. I don't really think I use the watch for all the features as capable of. Um, I use it for tracking my heart rate now, workouts, just so I have like an you know I keep track of something, and then I mainly got it because I don't want to be on my phone all the time, but when I'm like doing things, I don't like, I don't want to be on my phone, but if something important comes up, I also do want to be able to respond or deal with it. So I can quickly, if my watch goes off, I just quickly check if it's important. If it's not, I don't worry about it. Um, mm. and by important, I mean like if it's like an emergency, if it's not an emergency, then I got to stick to what I'm doing kind of thing. So that's kind of why I got it. And also I needed it for like, I need to be, be able to keep like a stopwatch in case you need to, you know, check your, your heart rate or something, you know? So <laughs> I'd like it for heart rate and sleep. I really want to see sleep actually. Yeah. You pause. Do you keep hearing the chirping? No. It's fucking annoying. It's my fire alarm. It just keeps chirping every like 30 seconds. You should probably check the batteries. Yeah, they're they're out on this floor, I think. <laughs> As a future firefighter, Tori, you should probably check your batteries and your fire alarm. When's the last time you tested that thing? Mm, a while ago, yeah. <laughs> maybe, we, maybe we give the thing a little, quick little test yeah, beep, eh? Um, yeah, I think I'm going to pull the trigger on one too. Speaking of which, I pulled the trigger on new podcast equipment, so I should be getting it. I already got the, what I don't know, camera what's called. What's it called? The square thing? What's it called? Um, are you talking about like your, like you, I don't know what you're talking about. A mixer, but it's called. Uh, it's not a mixer. Hey, okay. Something to keep track of your levels. Know. What are you doing? What yeah, is basically. It for? I ordered my new shit. The whole I ordered. I had to order five different things, so it's going to come by the end of the week. It should be dialed for next week. Okay, so you got a mic, this little box thingy, obviously a cord for the mic. What else? Mm -hmm. uh, an adapter thing and some sort of cable. I don't know. Okay, my, my guy. Hell yeah, or, dude! My guy just told me what to get, and I just got it. Got to have a guy. Guy's doing it right for you. Okay. Don't ask questions, just do. Um, we are officially getting close to uh, to World's Week coming up coming it's around the corner it's, it's starting to get exciting mm -hmm. you see everyone starting to starting to tinker into their pre-world camps and whatnot yeah i like that i like seeing it um eventually it'll get annoying but right now i mean people are i feel like now's the time people shift to go somewhere to where they're going to do their world's prep if that makes sense you know yeah are you a fan of having like the designated actual camp um yes and no like i like I was always a fan of having like a time period set out to work towards a certain event. So like, even if it wasn't going somewhere, like we knew, like if we were at Abbotsford, like the next month is world's prep. Like I like that because that's in my mind at all times. Um, not, I don't always need to go somewhere. I do enjoy part of it though, because sometimes when I found when we went somewhere, you, you remove all distractions for that time frame. Like, yeah. that's that's where I see the benefit and that's what I enjoyed because yeah you can do that at home but it's like at home it's so easy to just get to other things and it's a lot easier to go somewhere and be like hey I'm here for this and this only and now we go in yeah I think going somewhere is better for sure like I remember before Rio I did the pre-olympic camp where we did together in in Chula like I really liked that that was cool yeah yeah that was great and like uh what came to mind for me was uh 2017 like we were in Chula for a couple weeks there and we were even yeah. Toronto for two weeks before that too, or it was just one week? I can't remember. But it was like, okay. They what, sorry? Yeah, we were in Toronto for a week or so too, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it was like, we were there for the Canada Cup, but we also knew like, okay, that was like a prep race for the world. So then we did that, went to Chula for a couple weeks and then boom, then it was World Snap. So yeah, I'm a fan, yeah. Yeah, I think, it, yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting. Sometimes you don't want to just stay in your routine at home and do your thing and go, but at other times it's nice to actually go somewhere and have, have a camp. 
but I don't, I'm not a big fan of getting too far out of your routine because your routine got you to a certain point. Yeah. And so I don't think it's okay. We're two weeks out. All of a sudden we need to train hard in the camp. Like I think that mindset is crap. Yeah, no, I know. I agree with that for sure. It's like, sometimes that camp is coming back home to me like that mm. for a good amount of years. Like it was like, okay, now we come home and we get the work in like for some of the world cups too. It was like, it wasn't a camp, but it was like, okay, we finally have a chunk at home that it's set out for it. So it's not like we're going somewhere doing something different, but it also felt different because we had like, okay, this is, this is Santiago prep now, or this is world's prep. And although like, yeah, you're looking long picture in the background where the whole time you're prepping for something else, but it's like little chunks at a time. It's a lot easier to focus in and uh, yeah. Yeah. Just go in for a short amount of time, like go hard for a bit. Yeah. And it should, but it shouldn't be like, okay, two weeks out and now we have to train. So, well, we just trained for six months. So I think we're, we, it's not a whole lot extra we, we need to do in two weeks here. It's like, okay, cool. World's like two weeks. We're going to try something completely new here. I think it's really going to work. I did like though, trying to ride tracks that were somewhat similar to the race. I think that is advantageous for sure. Yeah, no, I definitely, yeah, I got to think so too. Right. I mean, you're never going to get it exactly spot on, but if you kind of get yourself close to it, then mentally you're already a little bit prepared, right? Yeah. Like I remember before Argentina the last year I went, I was doing half laps and stuff for prep at the USA BMX track in Chula because this like second straight and rhythm section are like kind of comparable to Argentina. And then going through the rhythm section, I would jump through it, like simulating jumping on and jumping the top kind of like we would do in Argentina. Yeah. I think that stuff helps. Like it's tough to go from a big wide open track if you ride on that to a really tight one and vice yeah. versa. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Even, um, even like just mentally like jumping through it or like knowing you're like, okay, I'm doing this for this purpose. Cause then when you go to Argentina, you're jumping the mental side of that is huge. I think too. Mental side is huge. Like, no, I prep for this. Yeah, no, yeah. this is, this is Argentina specific. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and let's be real jumping through Chula's rhythm section on the third straight, probably harder at full speed than jumping through Argentina's third straight full speed. Yeah, you lose speed, hundred percent. Yeah, there's no way you can get that so smooth that you're gaining speed the whole time. Like that would be so tough. Yeah, um, be interesting the track too, and how riders uh, how riders ride it. Like we'll obviously go over it and have a preview show, but I think that this is going to be a really good world's track. Yeah, good. It's a good like uh, in between track of high speed but technical, and now it seems more raceable by the the sounds of it. The kind of little tidbits we've heard more raceable last two straights, which were probably a little bit too choppy before. So hopefully that helps and it can only make it better. It was already great before. So what do you think is holding us North Americans back and making more tracks like world tracks or Euro style? Like, why don't we just adapt and make tracks like that? Um, we can, there's no reason. Yeah. I mean, we. it's a good question. Do you think it like it, it has to funnel through to the club level of what people want or think they want at the time? Yeah, you make one triple with kind of a steep lift and half the club just freaks the fuck out about it. Pretty much, yeah. You know, I'll throw a quote in here. This is a quote I've seen on Instagram before. I really like it. It's like, people sacrifice what they want now for what they want most. So they they want something they're really good at and can ride easily now instead of having something that they can make themselves better for the future so they can ride anything better and anything good later. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably just cool too. We've always had tracks easy here. And probably because in USA BMX, there's so many motos, like it's easier from their point of view. If the track's easier, they can bang out more motos with less crashes, probably. Mm, that's huge, probably. Yeah, that's actually a good point. You can have three motos on the track and kind of not worry. Whereas if the track was more tech, it might be more difficult to do that. <laughs> You're always having to watch for a crash happening late in the race. Well, yeah, like it probably is not as easy to run fucking 400 motos at a national. No. 
Sure, that's a good point. You can't have you're not gonna have three three races on the track at once when you know it's a tech ass track that's you know, I mean has more potential for shit to go to go wrong, I guess. Can you imagine it'd be a nightmare, wouldn't it? Ah, just every like 10, 20, I don't know, minutes, it's like probably one race is crashing there and then like the next like round is running into the back of them kind of thing. It would be hectic. When you think about it though, it's kind of crazy that we have more than one moto on the track at once. Like if you told someone who doesn't race BMX, yeah, often there's three motos on the track at once. It's kind of crazy when you think about how many yeah. crashes and stuff are in the sport. Yeah, that's true though, eh? It can only, does it happen a lot? Do they do it? Like, I guess at Worlds, they probably run at least two on the track at once, right? I would think two, yeah. Yeah, okay. So I was thinking three is probably too much for that. Like, at the USA BMX rounds, when you're only transferring two people, that's usually why it's. I feel like it's easier and more okay because it's not, if there's a crash ahead, then majority of the time, you're, only get, you're not going to be affecting the two guys that are going to transfer. So it's not a huge deal, right? If it was like you had the top four guys that were going for it. And I think, I think it would be a little bit different. Yeah. Cause obviously there's three motos too. So every place counts. Like even a six is better than a seven. That could be the difference. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, <laughs> what do you think of the ECI system for kids? Like having three rounds with the top four overall, like pros. I, um, I honestly have no problem with either system. Like it's just different to me, different ways of doing it. The three rounds takes a little longer, kind of be dragged out a little bit. People are there to race. People want to race. And whether you're, you're getting the same position in every moto, like that's no one's fault, no one's choice. Like that's just how the racing goes. And you got to be consistent and get your spots in. And then you're, you move on. ABA system, you have to be, you can transfer out early, take your break. That's a luxury. If not, you get to race again. But if you get to race again, you also get more practice and more time to get better to, to hopefully catch up to those top guys later on. So it's like, I see it benefits does, in both. It does get a little redundant, the three laps. For sure. If it's, yeah, if it's a boring class, dude, it's like, I don't know, there's three, four, five people in the, in the rack and it's always spread out. It does. It gets annoying. Like that's just what happens sometimes. So I feel like. It does. Does it feel like, it feels like kind of a waste sometimes if a dude's just winning easily all three rounds. It's like, well, didn't really need to do this. No, no, those, but it's like, how do you know that until they race? Like, obviously, yeah. yes. If you know the riders, you can probably bank on what's going to happen, but I don't know you're probably more likely to get the best riders out of the motos when you do three rounds. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Cause yeah. And maybe if, if there was to be one every now and again, you're going to get a, a round that crashes where the top guy crashes the top two guy crashes. Maybe the guy in third also gets tangled up in it. And then maybe the, the fourth and fifth guy transfer. So the, the next round there's two spots up for grabs, but the top three guys in the moto are actually in that rack still. Yeah, like I think for the Olympics, it's a really good format for the quarters and semifinals because especially for the semifinals, you get the you'll more or less get the four best riders out of each, you know, barring something crazy happening. Dude, it would be absolutely rude if it was just single knockout like Olympics. Like you just yeah, train so that. much, you have one little mistake in the semi, and you're like you're expected to win kind of thing. And like, cool, now you're done completely. Whereas you could get like yeah. a sixth and then go like first first, and you're still in there, no problem. Yeah, like the first semi in Rio, I got sixth, and I think I got second fourth, so I made it. Yeah. which I, obviously one lap I wouldn't have made it. Yeah. Straight up. Yeah. So, and that to me, like that was a good race that showed, I think the best guys in there. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. It's kind um, of we, we have Jack in the waiting room. Not yet. I, I'll, I'll let you know when he should be in any minute. I hope the email went through. We'll give him a couple minutes with that being said, um, <laughs> just, just waiting and no fucking email for Jack. Can you imagine? <laughs>
It should have gone through. I put his email in. I think I got it right. It was pretty. I'm not going to say his email online or on air here, but it was a basic email. So I think I got it. Um, I saw after our show when we were talking about it. Well, I didn't see after the show. He posted about it. Um, Isaac is in fact injured, so he won't be. He won't be racing the worlds. So that's too bad. I did see that. It's too bad. He's gonna be out a while. He blew his knee. Wow. Yeah. Poor guy. Yeah, it sucks ass. Hey. So I had no yeah, idea so it was he- that. Healing vibes to Isaac, man. That sucks seeing a top guy get hurt for a long term. So I'm sure he'll come back stronger than ever. Hope so. Yeah, shitty timing for for Worlds, end of the season. But hopefully hopefully it has time to recover and get, get back by the World Cups next year, I guess. I mean, I don't know. It sounds like his knee's bad. So it sounds like many months are going to be needed. You don't see a whole lot of ACL tears in BMX. Is that the one where you can shift your knee forward and back like you do? Uh, well, I told my yeah, it's PCLs. I don't know if your ACL probably, I think ACL would pop forward. Okay. Just holding your knee in the front. Yeah, I think it'd pop forward, whereas like mine, the piece, when you do the PCL, you can shift the uh, tibia backwards. Right. Okay. Yeah, it's, those are some weird ones. They have to be, right? Yeah, but you're, it's like if you tear your ACL, it's not, PCL is not a big deal, really, but the ACL is obviously a big deal. Anterior, yeah, posterior. Okay. Yeah. They're gnarly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now I'm trying to just trying to make sure you know, I get him right here. <laughs> just lose. But even is it ACL, ACL, PCL, and MCL or something like that? I think so, dude. I, I should look see if I can find it right now, dude. It was gnarly though. Like that's, I, yeah, cool. that's gnarly. I saw him like do his little knee thing where you know you push like how you do. You push your push your yeah, knee I back and forth. So I was like, that's never good. I'm pretty sure if you do your ACL, I guess surgery. It's like a nine month injury. Uh, what's what's the month right now? July, mid July right now. So. Exactly. Back to like spring next year. I don't know. Yeah. Give him. Uh, I I see him back by World Cups next year. That's a that's pushing it, but maybe. But who knows? Like he's obviously strong and have good physios. I'm sure, so he can come back quick. Uh, Australia has some good people, and uh, it looked like he was. I mean, what is it? Colorado. That's where like, Connor and top, top a lot of top guys go for their yeah. medical stuff. Yeah. That's where he was. So hopefully that means yeah, quick. Quick stuff. Yeah. yeah, ACL, PCL, and MCL. Oh, jeez. Where did he do it? Um, after the first jump in Reno, he kind of got, he got uh, Cam squeezed. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, squeezed him and Jack to the white line. Isaac bumped into Jack, I think, and then, like, kind of jumped off, I think, just from the top of the step up and, like, planted his, his one, one leg, I guess, I think. Uh, Corbin got hurt in the last corner also. Poor guy. Yeah, did he post about it? Yeah, I don't think he posted about anything. Dude, he needs to post more, man. I know, like... <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think he posts about anything. He had the fucking sickest kit in Reno and didn't post about it once. I was pissed. I'm just trying to look at it through the fucking live feed. I'm like, how am I supposed to see this thing right now, Corbin? Dude, speaking of, you know, we're talking about Olympic points. I think it was the last show yeah. for Australia. That sucks. Isaac, oh, that's big. That's their top point getter right now. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's a big, like, um, yeah, big gap. Were we calling them for two spots? I can't remember now. I can't remember if we did or not either. Someone can probably fact quote us here. But, um, yeah, he's obviously the top guy for them, which that's a lot of points they're going to be missing now every other World Cup. So guys are going to have to step up. Jesus. Don't do this to us, Australia. Don't do this to us. I like, I want the big boys. I want the heavy hitters. I want them all there. I want to see excitement. 
Do you think for the OSHA they should just scrap countries and just take world rankings points, guys? Um, take the top, spread it out more for the countries. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it sucks when you get a majority of French guys there, but I mean, they're the top guys in the world, so it's like, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, same thing. Take the top twenty-four, twenty-four guys basically without, yeah. Kind of. I think I'm trying to think if there's any way to do like um. You, if you there is a reason to have any clauses in there for other people or like any other reasons why maybe I'm trying to think of that like if there's people that got injured and couldn't be in the top 24 but they're flying that year it'd be good to see them in there so do you have like a couple clauses that maybe you take the top top 10 world rank or top 10 15 20 of the world ranking and then like the next spots are via some other pathway like the host country would have to have a spot just in case I think um the top yeah. rider at Worlds who didn't doesn't have a spot should get one. Stuff like that. I think those clauses need to be in there. Um, I need to do like top fifteen, and then you probably need to do a world like a country spot, and then you probably need to do um, highest finishers at Worlds, and then maybe I don't know, like say you won a World Cup or something. It's an automatic if you're not already in that group. Yeah, yeah. There are some interesting ways you could do it like that. With if you won a World Cup, you're in kind of thing. I um, obviously. The- it's just kind of they want to spread it out so there's tons of different countries there which yeah. you know you can kind of get it that it's you know they want to make it more worldwide but then obviously a lot of top guys i love france don't get to go some of it i like some of the country battles that i actually do enjoy watching so it's like if they're like when we only get three french guys that sucks that's ridiculous but some of the other ones where it's like only one or two of the guys from the country get to go like i like i, th- I hope people enjoy it because i enjoy watching that too i think that's really exciting it sucks for some people yes but that's part of the getting to the Olympics. Like part of getting there is not just, okay, I'm in top 20. It's like, okay, I got to, I got to be the best in my country to be able to go to the Olympics to represent my country. So I think, yeah, there, there, we could change it up and still do a little bit of both. And I think that would be exciting. You know, we didn't talk about was the fucking relay at the European champs. And I know it's not new. We got to talk about the team relay. (laughs) It's so weird, dude. It is really tough, I think. I think it's <laughs> I think it's pretty gimmicky. I don't like it. It's pretty dumb, I think. Comes from obviously road and, and velodrome. Not a fan. Bring back individual time trial. We're an individual sport. If you're gonna do a time trial, bring back individual time yeah, trial. Yeah, yeah. Um I'm trying to think my like my real thoughts on it because every time I watch it, I'm like, okay, cool. Somebody won something, it's uh, it's worth something. So I think it's cool, it's enjoyable to watch. It is funny though, because in BMX, it's literally just okay, three guys, single file, get your yeah, your uh, Zoom user left. Was Jack in the fucking thing? Jack, if you oh no, that's you. Oh, we got a Zoom user. He's in here. Should I let him in? Yeah. Um, didn't say Jack Davis. It said Zoom. He let in. He might have been. He might Zoom user might have been waiting. I think he was waiting in for a while. I messaged him on Instagram too. No, I was waiting for Jack Davis to pop. I didn't even see Zoom user. I, you know, I wait for a name there to is. pop up. Hey, have you been have you been waiting for a while? I was waiting for a while. Yeah. Oh, oh we fucked oh, him. Sorry, Jack. <laughs> that's on us. <laughs> no worries. No worries. I'm always on time, boys. So I didn't want to miss this for the world. That I was, was sitting there waiting. But that was nah, speci- all good. No, no, that was specifically on me. I was waiting, and like normally the name pops up, and then I saw a Zoom user. I'm like, why is this Zoom user at the top of my screen? I'm like, we got to check in on this. So I checked. And I was like, okay, it's probably him. Just some random trying to join copy chat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how's it going, buddy? Are you back in Florida right now or what? Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm at home, which is Florida now. Um, so yeah, just enjoying this 100% humidity right now. 
I was just say, how hot is it right now? Oh, it's sinking hot. Yeah, it's um, the temperature itself isn't that bad. It's sitting around like anywhere from thirty to thirty-five Celsius, but the Feels humidity. Like is, oh yeah, feels like I'm out there. As soon as I leave my house, I feel like I'm swimming. It just it's all true. Yeah. I fucking I hate I hate that dude. You go through a shirt and like instantly, like you're one hour, you're like, okay, hey, the shirt's done for the day. It's done. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's it's looked like I, I've showered in it, honestly. And I'm a sweaty person as it is. I sweat in the winter time. So yeah, me and Florida aren't really a good match in that sense. But um <laughs> I just I just run top off everywhere anyway. It's not uh not an issue. <laughs> Oh, well, man, dude, congrats on your win in Reno, buddy. Must have been stoked to get your first USA BMX win. Thank you. Yeah, it was a big one. It was my first podium, too. So I figured I'd just skip the other two steps and go right to the top. <laughs> Mine as well. <laughs> what the- uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, it was, it was unreal. Um, pretty special for sure. Like, you know, among other things, it was my dad's birthday. So for me yeah. to do it, yeah, that was pretty cool. And like, literally the best present that I could get him was that. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was a good, good field. Like there was some, some at the top end, there was a, obviously a lot of fast guys there. So, I mean, track was dog shit, unfortunately, as you, <laughs> as you boys spoke about on your last podcast, but um, it was, oh yeah. I mean, I, I needed suspension out there. It was so bumpy, but yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was for sure. It was special. And um, yeah, like my best weekend by far. Um, so hopefully, yeah, hopefully more good ones to come. Did you feel it coming on race day? Like, did you get in a good groove? Did you feel like you could win? Yeah, I mean, I was I was riding confident for sure. I, I will be honest, I did shock myself with with a win, um, but yeah, like I knew I was riding fast. Um, me and Isaac were training pretty hard, um, sort of leading into it after after Papendale there, and um, yeah, I was I was going pretty confident. I knew like I had a light gearing on. I knew I was I was pretty good on the small tracks anyway. Um, so yeah, just went in there like and, and got myself in a good routine through the day and. Uh, was feeling pretty comfortable on the track and my gates were really consistent all day. They were solid. Um, so I had confidence in that and just, yeah, just pop one off from gate three in the main and said, thanks. Thanks for that boys. I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> That's pretty sick. I think it's cool that like Reno is just a classic USABMX stop. So to say you have a win there too, I think that's pretty awesome in itself. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It felt very nostalgic to be there. Like I've only ever done like, I did my first ever USA race was when I was like 12 and I did like the bluegrass in Louisville. Mm-hmm. So my first ever race was an indoor, like a shitty little <laughs> indoor track. And um, so I've done that. I've done Vegas and I've done obviously the grants, but I hadn't done Reno before. So I knew there was a bit of history there. And obviously like, it was cool to, that they brought the pro circuit back there um, and to get a, was, yeah, that was, that was special for sure. Yeah. Did you watch races of Reno and transit when you were younger? Uh, definitely, I definitely watched Transit. I don't know if I could uh, you know, remember Reno exactly, but um, I know it's a classic. So it's yeah, it's pretty cool. What um, the home track you grew up riding on? What was it like? Uh, was it like a flat hill track? Like- yeah, it was. It was pretty small. Um, yeah. So I grew up in a town called Tamworth. Um, it's like this little country town that's sort of three hours inland from the coast. Um, and think of like sort of halfway between Sydney and Brisbane um and we're just inland so on the east coast but yeah it's the country music capital of australia so it's like the nashville of australia (laughs) that's where so that's where i grew up um and yeah we had a track you know five minutes from our house and um yeah it was like it was small um like small hill and um but like small hill small jumps but it was long like 
probably 40 second laps, you know, you know, 12 year old Jack would rip it around that thing. But um, yeah, it was, uh, it was cool. Like there was, but had to run slime in the tubes at all times. Otherwise you'd get flat tires every session without, without fault. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it was bad. That's crazy. That's funny. Oh, I, yeah. I had to ask though, cause I have a th- my theory that it's, it's sticking good that people that ride flat hills as kid good at flat hills when they get older if you ride a big gear you can push a big gear when you're older and vice versa small small gear you spin easily that's my theory it seems to be checking out that's yeah i think that's a safe bet for sure yeah, yeah. um do you watch the lights or listen i listen I you know listen. what's funny i think so more australians out of any other country listen and look at the gate instead of watching the lights and i remember sam told me because a lot of tracks in oz don't have lights is that still true that is true. Like my track didn't at all. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. So that's why like, it's funny. Like a lot of Australians, like if you look at a lot of Australians, listen. Yeah. Yeah. And fun fact, I think my, my home track was the last club in Australia to switch from that, um, like the old call to the new call. So yeah. up until I was like eight or nine, I was listening to the, okay, riders set them up. That call. <laughs> <laughs> so I was um I was never I was never watching them. I I try I went through a phase where I watched them, um but I would just notice like my head would be in different positions at certain tracks. So I just wanted it to be consistent. So I just stared at the tire. That's fine. Okay, right. Let's set yeah. them up on the gate. Yeah. That's- uh, your light. Watch the light. Boop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I would go. So I would go, go to races and I have to just adjust to the random call straight away. Unreal. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, that yeah. would be... That'd be tough. Yeah. yeah, that'd be really tough. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. talk about a quick adjustment. I had, to, I had to learn fast that way. But we finally we finally got a new box. And I was, I was like, all right, we're on here. Like, I'm going to have... <laughs> I'm going to be dialed now. Yeah. That's hilarious, yeah. yeah. When you were younger, yeah. did you always want to come race in the US? Yeah, like I've been talking about it to like my mom and dad since I was like seven. So yeah. as long as I can remember... I think Sam really set the blueprint, like the blueprint there for a lot of Australians to to come over. And just the US race scene is on another level. Like in terms of prize money sponsors, um, you know, media and just like the sheer numbers of, of people the race. I think it's just the place to be. And so like it's been exactly a year that I've lived over here full time. Um, and so to finally make that happen, you know, with a lot of support behind me, I'm very grateful. But yeah, it, I, I've always talked about it and it's always been us it never shifted like i'm very once i once i pick something i'm like all right this is no way anything's changed my mind right now so it's um it's yeah it was always that so yeah it's cool to be over here now yeah what um what's been uh fun or like what do you like about living in the us or what's been like interesting to get used to like obviously there's some difference between the us and us yeah absolutely yeah it was a big adjustment i think I mean, the, f- the first thing being just living by myself, I got thrown in the deep end there big time. Like, <laughs> you know, having, to, having to cook and do my own dishes and clean the house and all that stuff, I just, I had no idea. Like, thanks thanks to mum for doing that for, you know, the 20 years prior. So, it's, um, <laughs> it, it was definitely, that was an adjustment. But in terms of, like, culture and stuff, obviously, Australia is very, um, yeah, just no, there's no coffee over here in Florida, unfortunately. No nice cafes, so I missed that. Um, but it, you know, the move over came with a lot of positives, like something I never had access to growing up and riding was, you know, other fast riders. Um, you know, I, I would live, I would live, you know, three and a half hours from the next like half decent track with good riders. So 
it was quite a mission to get there. Um, whereas now I show up to Ultima every Tuesday, Thursday, and there's, you know, hey, like we can make a rack with anyone who could potentially make the US final. So to have exposure to that um, right off the bat, that was, a, that was a, a big positive. But it also took adjustment. Like I was, I come over here and I was getting pretty beat up in, in training most days. Like, and when I say beat up, like beat, which I wasn't quite used to. So it took adjustment, but I just had to realize that, you know, this is going to be the best thing for me. Um, and just, and I just kept, you know, going with it. And, um, but yeah, like there's, there's the other side of the road when you're driving and uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a big adjustment for sure. It's yeah. Huge difference in, in just culture. Yeah. Got to think there's just right. way less people wearing speedos at the beach too. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm very, I, I definitely stand out when I rock the speedo <laughs> at the beach. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Drive, driving on the other side of the road must have been a trip the first time. Yeah, I was, I was terrified for sure. I was terrified. But um, it. I like to say, like, you know, the first time would have been a bit different. But when I go back and forth, it's like two or three drives and you're pretty sweet. Um, yeah. But it is it is definitely a trip. Yeah, it, it took quite a bit of adjustment the first time around. But, but now I think I'm sweet. And I, and I haven't driven on the other side of the road since yeah October last year that was the last time I was home so yeah. I'm pretty sweet on the right side now it kind of seems that like um Florida's become the hot spot like it's not a surprise that like that's maybe the spot you chose but was there a specific reason why you chose there or was it just like you knew the tracks everything was kind of blowing up there yeah yeah so I mean we saw the increase in like pros moving there for sure and that was a huge influence but some other factors I mean it's pretty cheap to live here which is which is good like compared to um California and stuff which mm. so that that helped um, and just good facilities. Yeah. So like there's Ultima, there's Sarasota, there's Tampa if we want small hill stuff. Um, so all that definitely inspired the move. Um, and yeah, like it, to me, it still blows my mind. Like I had one track within five minutes growing up and then the next one was three and a half hours. Whereas now I've got three <laughs> within an hour. So it's, it's, a, it's a big difference. Um, but yeah, like I think Florida just seemed like the place to be. And yeah, I'm, I'm very happy with where I'm at. And we just kind of committed fully um, um, to it. And yeah, it's, I think it's working out well. So, yeah. That's cool. I think that helps. It's probably a good thing too. Nice having uh, having the team there too, in case you ever need any stuff. How'd you end up getting linked up with uh, with John and S squared and all them? Oh, those legends. Yeah. Um, <laughs> dude, aren't they just, they're just the best, eh? Yeah. They, but, they, um, they know how yeah. to party. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I remember I got... One of the first messages I got when I got back to my phone after my win in Reno was like Blake saying like "fuck yeah," like so hard for me. That's awesome. And, then, and I got the and I got the text from John a few, like you know a few minutes later, and it's like twenty thumbs up. You know, it's classic. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh hell yeah, the boys are on board. That's good. But yeah. it was funny. Blake Blake sent me an email when I when I um, emailed him about signups. He was like. You know, man, like you belong here. Like you, you know, you, you can be in a mix with these guys. And so I was, just, I just sent him a message back. I was like, hell yeah, dude! I'm stoked. Must have been the email, and he, <laughs> he loved that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but now nah, they're, they're such good dudes. Yeah, I got the warehouse like 25 minutes away. So if I ever need anything, head up there. And um, Jeff's their, their guy that works there, and he, he's a legend. So um, yeah, it's super convenient. But back to getting linked up with them, I think I've been writing for factory s squared for five years now so it's been quite a while um 
And I, I went through, so 2018 season, um, I was like a 16-year boy. Like that was my last year and before turning junior elite. And um, I went through that year pretty much with no sponsor. So we kind of decided at the end of the year to go to Grands and um, we're like, we're going to chase up a, a US sponsor because we always knew that I wanted to move over here. So a US sponsor was going to be the best bet. So, yeah, we just basically sent out a bunch of messages to certain companies and stuff. And um, the the team manager of Factory S Square at the time uh, responded and he was very keen to, to have me on the team. And one of the big selling points was he said that I could come stay with him and his family. Um, they lived in Wisconsin, um, but I could come stay with them at any time. So ended up signing with them at Grands in 2018. I ended up winning the Grands after that. Which oh. was a nice, dude. <laughs> which was what a, nice, a feeling that must have been. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, that was pretty cool. Um, and then the following year, so 2019, I went and spent three months um, up in Wisconsin for the summer with uh, with that family, the Andersons. Um, and that that was such a good time. That was I did like just travel around and did the the amateur circuit. Um, and yeah, just had a blast. It was so much fun. And then yeah, from then on, just obviously was a huge fan of John and Blake and the whole vibe with the team and just kept uh, kept extending basically. And, and like, I, I love it. I mean, they're, they're so good to me and they, they really believed in me, you know, coming into, into elite as a first year and they, they just have stuck with me and um, yeah, bunch of legends for sure. Yeah. Like we, me and James have talked about before too, but they don't put any pressure on the riders too. Like they're fully supportive without, without expecting, um, yeah, without like putting any ex, you know, external pressure because they know like we're, they know riders are riders and put pressure on ourselves to perform and everything. So they don't, they never, I never felt like they added any extra pressure on me or anyone. Yeah, absolutely. I think they're they're really good with that. I think they just, I mean, they they know from experience that BMX is a harsh sport. It's cruel. You know, sometimes it can just cut you down when you're at a high. And um, yeah, they're just super supportive with all that, and they know that it's you know, this elite class is tough and it's a process and it, it takes time to sort of build up and get results. Um, but as long as you're doing right by them, I think that's all really that matters. And yeah, they're, yeah, yeah legends for sure. Uh, speaking again, kind of cut down sometimes. You had your, your pretty big crash earlier this year, got kind of knocked down pretty hard. Um, what did you end up kind of doing yourself and what's the, uh, what's the process getting back? How has it been? Yeah, fuck, that was a big one, eh? Nah, <laughs> the video looked gnarly, dude. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, it was big. Um, so yeah, coming off a high, I used to do quite well. Um, felt like I was riding the best that I, that I ever had. I had a great off off season. Yeah. Training. Um, and yeah, coming riding hot, and then yeah, had the Ultima coming up, and I was just at the track the Friday before doing a, a standard session, just um, some first rates and stuff, and yeah. Um, it was just, I, I remember it was blowing a gale. It was super windy, crosswind, um, classic Oldsma. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. You're guys are used to that, out. I feel like, probably, right? A little bit, yeah. I think I was too comfortable with it. That's why, that's yeah, why okay. I ended up yeah. Um, yeah, just come around. I was doing a one-two and come around hot. And, um, yeah, just didn't let up the gas at all. I was just like, all right, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it properly. So <laughs> I'm going to go full gas. And, um, yeah, just the wind caught me over that first one, got a bit skew-if and that little second double. Um, I overjumped and my back wheel landed. I think my front wheel was turned slightly. So when that oh, hit the fun. ground at the speed I was going, I just washed out completely and then just made a big 
dinned in the upright for that third jump. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> but yeah, that was, yeah, it was pretty big. And I got the wind knocked out of me and I'd like, everyone around was, was great. They were very, um, very helpful, obviously. Uh, but yeah, I was, I'm normally one to sort of get up. I was, I was not getting up. I was standing yeah. down. <laughs> I, I was like, like, all yeah. right. You're one of those guys, you're a brick shit. I was like, normal time. I've seen one other time you took a hit and you got up. And I was like, Jesus Christ, you got up from that. He was okay. I was like, God damn. And then so you're not getting up. I mean, that's, uh, you took a damn slam. Yeah. So it, yeah, it was a big one. Um, so what I ended up doing was a stage three laceration in my liver and kidney. Okay. Um, it was pretty nasty. So I was, I was, I was pissing blood for a, for a week or so. Um, after that crash, which is probably, that's probably TMI, but it's, it was, yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah. Um, you came yeah. back pretty quick, honestly, like you recovered fast from that. Yeah. So, I mean, the good, the good thing about the recovery for that is just do fuck all. <laughs> you just don't do it. So yeah. I was like, all right, it was great. Um, so it just happened that my cousin was coming over to stay with me, um, for a, for a couple of weeks. And so she was heading up to New York city. I was like, well, I'm not doing anything. Why don't, why don't I come? So, um, ended up going up there. And like, so that was the best recovery. Honestly, I just, um, ended up enjoying like some travel and things like that. Went up to Canada shortly after got my athlete visa finalized. And then, um, yeah, made my way down to Rock Hill, watched that race, come back down to Florida. And then by the time I was back in Florida, um, I was pretty right. Well, to start training again. Um, but in total time, I think it was seven weeks off the bike, which when you, when I say the injury, that doesn't sound like a lot of time. So I only missed two races, which I was pretty thankful for. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's kind of nice. Sometimes when you get injured, you get to just take a break and enjoy other parts of life. I think that's the best way to spend an injury, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think mentally it's like, take it, a break. Yeah. I feel like yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. You, um, you kind of have some ties to Canada too. You spent a bunch of time up there. Like, was, like, I don't know. I actually don't know how long, but I know you lived up in Ontario for a while, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love Canada. Yeah. I love Hell it. Yeah, buddy. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> second, second home. I, I think I know, I might know the Canadian national anthem better than the Australian, if I'm being honest. I, I remember <laughs> everybody. So <laughs> if we're going back to the, to the story, um, my whole family and I, we spent all of 2015 living in a little village called scotland which was about an hour uh from toronto and um my dad did a teacher exchange so basically we just swapped lives with another family oh cool yeah it was it was so cool like so i was yeah i was 12 um and so to have that experience so young and that exposure to to travel and things like that was was so cool um and so we yeah we, we moved over uh we spent the year and i met a bunch of people that i still know to this day like a bunch of canadian riders and Brendan Arnold and, and those guys, like just a bunch of legends. Um, fell in love with Tim Bits, you know. I just, I love <laughs> Dude, every, every time I go back to Canada now, I get honey crullers of Tim Horns. They're so fucking good. Yeah, honestly, like Tim Bits have my heart. Like I, I think I spent eight days in Canada when I did my whole visa thing. I ate 100 Tim Bits. <laughs> 100. I kept count. I kept count. <laughs> box of 10 here box of 20 there you know that's yeah, up so, so i i stay with um at curtis gray's house in toronto when i yeah. when i go up there um they're just a lovely family but i'm always met with a box of 10 or 20 at the airport and <laughs> by the time i'm home they're gone they're gone <laughs> by the time we get to the crazy house they're gone yeah. so <laughs> i love them yeah i could just i could eat those all day but um yeah no i, I 
yeah, love Canada. It, it was it was cool, like doing that at such a young age, and then I've I've gotten to go back a couple times. Um, just yeah, great country, great people. It's yeah, I love it. Yeah, that's the Tim awesome. is just the most Canadian thing ever to get Tim Hortons donuts. Yeah, yeah, hundred oh, percent. It's like a national staple, Tim's. Like they're yeah. just everywhere. <laughs> it is. They're on every corner. I'm blown everywhere. away. By- it's 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 awesome. I'm, I'm for it. Like, I gotta say, I never I never used to go because I thought the coffee was crap. But the last couple of times I went to Canada, I went there instead of Starbucks a couple of times. The lattes are better at Tim Hortons now than Starbucks. Really? Okay, yeah. that's, good. that's bold. Yeah, yeah that is bold. better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Starbucks is my old reliable when I'm traveling. You know, I like yeah don't have access to to my machine or whatever, so I'll I'll go get a go get a Starbucks. So that's good to know, though. If I'm up in next time I'm yeah. up in Canada, I'm having a Tim Hortons latte for sure. I don't know if you actually should trust Tori on that. I just... <laughs> trust me, they're better. I was I was skeptical. I was skeptical. I was in yeah. Cochrane, Alberta, whatever, like a month ago, and then there was no Starbucks around. I'm like, oh, I, I guess I just got to go to Tim's. Went to Tim's. I was pleasantly surprised. Okay, yeah. So maybe your standards were just so low that it just like did slightly better, and, and you were like yeah. blown away by that. If Starbucks is like a five out of ten, this Tim Hortons by a six. Okay. What? Uh, uh, well, I don't knock until you try it. So I, I got to try it first, and then I'll, I'll get back to you on that. What kind of milk did you have, Tori? Because you're not a milk guy, so you're saying latte this oat, whole time. But what are we talking? About? Oat milk. Oat milk. Yeah, okay. I get oat milk above. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. I do think it's hilarious. You go to the most small redneck middle of nowhere town in Canada, and they ha- always have a Timmy's, dude. Always. Always. Yeah. Yeah. I would always. have to. Yeah. 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 Would be like that would be just where everyone goes in that town. Yeah, like, that would be the t- <laughs> that would be the meeting spot. That would be like where you know some serious business deals are going down. I'm I'm sure of it. What's the Aussie equivalent? Do you think to Tim's for us? Oh, that's a great question. Um, so believe it or not, McDonald's coffee back home is is quite good. Okay. So I think if you want if you want something fast and um and reliable, McCafe is the way to go. Um, and then besides that, like uh. There's a there's a chain called Zarafas, which um, yeah, it's kind of popping up here and there, um, right. and it's it's just coffee, um, whereas like uh, Tim's has everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say yeah, Macca's. If you want like quick and reliable, yeah, you right. go you go on a Macca's. Sure. Yeah. All right. Um, so we're getting back to BMX a bit. So the last few years, obviously, Jack, you've improved a ton. Like every year, you've built on each year. So you're still young too, but anything in particular that you've concentrated on your riding to get to the point now you're at? So, yeah. Um, well, thank you. First off, like, I think it's, um, yeah, it's been quite a, quite a process. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I, I don't know. I love it. I love the process and I love training and just committing myself to, to the craft that, mm-hmm. that BMX is. But um, I'll, honestly, a huge difference um i started working with sam Willoughby at the end of last year before grants and like he's just helped me ton i think personally um so my first i did a block with him in the grants and then we had like a lot of time leading into houston so the season opener so that whole off season i was working with him and i think that was just his approach to coaching and, and training um i think really opened my eyes a little bit and he just has a very yeah, different way of going about stuff compared to previous coaches I've had. And, and don't get me wrong, like everyone that I've worked with in the past has been unreal. Um, mm-hmm. I've been lucky, I've been lucky enough to have yeah some some great coaches in Luke Bedill and and Brett Screws and stuff, and and those guys helped me out a ton. But um, yeah, I think just 
we turn the, the focus to the bike, which I know that sounds dumb, but I think we just really put the emphasis on that. Like me being the like bigger boy that I am, I don't really need to be in the gym all that much or I don't need to get any stronger. The priority should be on, you know, pedal efficiency and, and things like that. So I think um, one, having Sam in my corner, I'm just – have full faith in what he's doing. So confidence, I think, is a big one. Uh, and then, yeah, just a lot of attention to detail in the in the bike stuff um, and lots of work, you know, doing sprints and things like that. Um, and then back to, you know, like when I'm moving to Florida and having, you know, exposure to all these fast guys and having fast guys around me all the time, I think that was another huge factor that helped me help me improve. Um, so, yeah, there's, a, there's definitely a few factors that, that have gone into it. Um, but I would say those are the big ones. Yeah, like Sam's, Sam's been a great help and being exposed to, to good training environments constantly. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing how big the environment you're in makes a difference. You know, it's, first of all, obviously a coach makes a difference, but then obviously just being, you know, at a good track or around good people and good competition and just kind of like being in the atmosphere of racing because there's obviously races all around you all the time. I've, like that really helps, I truly believe too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think just every every time you, you rack up with the boys, it's it's a it's yeah. Amazing, you know? It's yeah. So I think that that helped immensely. Yeah. Did you uh, did you fall in, like were you a guy that fell in love with the gym at like your kind of late teens and like what what made you be the big boy you are? Because you're I just see you one of like the Jack guys like when you know you yeah, got yeah. some muscle on you, dude. <laughs> well, yeah, appreciate it. <laughs> appreciate that pop daddy, but um, honestly, I, I, it's uh, I, I can basically just thank mum and dad for the genetics initially (laughs) that is that's a big one like um both my parents are pretty fit and healthy but i'm in like there's videos of me at nine back squatting um so i was in there pretty young yeah uh i think yeah so dad dad was my first coach um as as everyone says but (laughs) yeah he um he's actually very switched on um and he was actually running my gym programs up until the start of this year, actually. Um, oh, no way. Yeah, so he's pretty switched on. And he, I guess, was a big believer in, um, you know, BMX is a power sport and a strength sport, and it's important to build a good base from a young age. Um, obviously, I wasn't, didn't have 100, 100 kilos on my back at nine years old, back squatting, just wrapping it out. <laughs> you know, like, I, it wasn't that young. It wasn't that young. But, it, like, so obviously the emphasis emphasis was on you know technique and, and building that stuff properly up first but um yeah there was like there's videos of me just in the garage squatting with dad and um and then i started just doing some crossfit stuff because i think that's a, a great you know base and you just have such exposure to every kind of gym movement totally yeah. um yeah and so just all that mixed together i think um and plus my yeah, good genetics, mainly from mum. I'm, I'm, dad's, dad's kind of on the skinnier side, so I'll, I'll, give, the <laughs> I'll give the credit to mum. But um, yeah, and I, I just love it. I love being a meathead. You know, I love getting in there and just pushing, shifting some heavy, heavy metal. Um, and yeah, so I think that I just fell in love with that. And I also um, competed in Olympic weightlifting when I was a bit younger as well. No shit. Yeah, so I actually represented Australia at the Oceania Championships in the like the youth category, so under 17, back wow. in, that was 2017. Um, okay. So, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. So, 
20, yeah, 2017 or 2018. Um, and yeah, so I just, I fell in love with that side of things and uh, just, you know, being competition. I love competition. I'm a very competitive person, but I, I, like board games are banned in my house. You know, it's banned in my house, you know, like all that stuff. So <laughs> yeah, just any, any exposure to competition, I love it. So yeah, had had good history and um, had good coaches again in the gym. So through like starting in the garage with dad to CrossFit to Olympic weightlifting. Um, now, now it's kind of more honed in on, on BMX specific and I, I think it's working. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's the, uh, what's the music of choice in the gym? Cause uh, so back in like 20, I don't know, 15, let's say Bodie introduced me yep. to like the heart. I don't even know what you call like uh, what's with the, the band Amity Affliction. Oh, what do you, what do you call metal? Was that yeah, like heavy, heavy metal? metal. Yeah, heavy metal. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. The, sure, heavy metal. Like, do you listen to that? Because that's, uh, it feels like an, I don't know, I'm not going to call that an odd thing. Everyone listens to heavy metal sometimes, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, um, well, that's a pretty specific taste, but <laughs> I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I There's only like, like two songs stuff. of that I actually listened to when I was in the gym. Yeah, okay. No, no, I believe you, I believe you. But I think, yeah, Buddy would be pretty pretty big into that. He's, he's, a, he's a big music guy, but I like variety. Um, you know, so my pump up playlist has lots of rap i think rap is the number one um but it does have um some what do you like yeah uh oh, rappers i mean gotta go with my toronto boy drake of course i was gonna i was gonna ask you <laughs> yeah so that's that's my guy and um you know yeah it's just travis scott and they're just the the, the standard um future just yeah, all those all those guys. I mean, rap is just, I don't know. Rap just it, it taps into something. I just get. You know who's pretty- fucking good? I used to listen to all the time at races. Was Kevin Gates? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He said some outrageous stuff. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm seeing him on some podcasts. Man, he crosses the line sometimes. I reckon. That's- oh, does he really? Oh yeah, he uh, like. Oh man, I think he was talking about. <laughs> If don't I get, don't get us canceled here. Don't be bringing that stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, all right, all right, all right. We, yeah, we, we might leave it. Um, but yeah, he just—he's out there. He's out there for sure. But oh, can, I didn't I mean, know that. Good music though. Good music though for sure. But yeah, like Meek Mill. That's another one of my oh, guys. Oh, he's good too. Yeah. Yeah, that's like Meek Mill definitely like taps into something for me. Um, he's really good. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm just big on music, but like as soon as I leave the gym country country goes on oh yeah 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 i'm a fucking huge i'm a huge country guy now too i just like all i listen to nowadays attaboy what are you yeah. what are you uh what are you spinning uh what are, who, who do i listen to now yeah yeah what are you spinning what are you, big, big, Mor- <laughs> big, big morgan wallen guy yeah of course i saw um like everyone got to his yeah, he was just in san diego yeah 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 did, you didn't make that one no, I was at a we were at a wedding this past weekend. Yeah. Oh, okay. I guess that's uh, a good dude. Morgan Wallen's good. Hardy's pretty good too. I mean, I like yeah. Florida Georgia line. I really like uh uh what's his name? Jason Aldean. He's really good too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, my guy at the moment is Riley Green. You should check him out. Oh, I haven't listened to him. Riley yeah, Riley great. Green? I f- I've heard the name, so I need to check more, him out too. Yeah, yeah. He's more like he's more a bit mellow. Like so, you know, classic, you know, when you're leaving the gym, you're trying to wind down. Riley Green's good to throw on. Uh, but there is some more like upbeat tunes that he's got out there as well. But that, that's my guy at the moment. I've been playing him nonstop. But um, huge country fan. Um, but yeah, I think I would like to say like ACDC is good to play when you're training. 
you know, yep. a bit of rock and roll. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I listen to everything, so I'm not not too picky. What um? So looking at the rest of the year and kind of next couple of years, what are what are some big targets you want to hit? What are some goals for you? Yeah. So um, obviously, I would like a big goal of mine is. 2024. Um, oh, there's a little race. There's a little race in France next year. Probably want to go to. Yeah, so that that is a big one. That's a big, big goal of mine, and, and has been for, for quite a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just basically to to put my name in the hat, I've got to um, get to some international races, like some World Cups and stuff. So I, I recently just booked my my flights to Argentina. So I'm hyped to go there because I've you know new experience, new country, new track. Like nice. from what I've seen and heard it's, a, it's actually a really cool race so I'm, I'm super keen to get down there um but besides that yeah just staying here in the u.s and, and really hitting the circuit hard so louisville um and over in la are some ones that i want to hit um and then i've got my national championships uh there in november in shepparton mm-hmm. so i've got those ones uh to go so, to wait time you have to go right before the grands to shepparton or is it yeah, so I don't, yeah, I don't have to, uh, but like national title, it'll be my my second one in the lead. I did it as a first year, and, and you want to, yeah. yeah, yeah, I just want to, yeah, uh, and then straight back to the US and straight into straight into grants, pretty much. But it'll be nice to go home. I think at that point, it'll be yeah, over over twelve months since I had been home and, and seen my family. So it'll be nice to nice to get out, like get there and and hang out in Australia for a bit and, you know, enjoy some coffee, some cafes, things like that. And then <laughs> I'll do, I'll do, yeah, do nationals, come back, do grands. And then I actually get to go home for, yeah, three months uh, after grands because of I'll spend Christmas and New Year's with my family. And then there's those World Cups at the start of the year, which I was so hyped when I saw that schedule announced. And I was like, yes, I get to stay home. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, it's a great, I mean, it's a great schedule, I think. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. And I think Tulsa is going to be an interesting one too. Like I'm, I'm pretty hard. That to would that. be an interesting one, I think. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, what's that? What's one of your biggest goals you want to accomplish that you wanted to? Like, if if you could do one thing. Yeah. So, make the Olympic team. That's yeah. that, that's the biggest one. Um, and then besides that, like I just I would love to go down to Argentina and, and make the final. I really like my chances of doing that. Um, yeah. And I think now that you know, Isaac's injured. I think it'd be great to have someone go and score some UCI points for the nation. I think we are, we are slipping down the ranks a little bit, but either way, like I think it'll be good to have some some yeah. points scored. Um, but yeah, like I, I don't know, like specific goal would yeah, I would have to say the, the Olympic team for sure. But it's going to take some work to get us two spots, so it'll be it'll be a tough one. But yeah, just go, yeah, just take it take it one at a time. Really, I'm just yeah keen. Just focus on the next one at the moment. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious how uh, how someone, obviously, your international rider. How do you view like the uh, in terms of prestige? How do you view the USA BMX, USA BMX title compared to a world champ or world cup title? Yeah, that's a great question. Like, I know me personally, I would take a world title over the US title, but it's it's a close it's a close second. But I know like I know guys that would take the the pro title over a world title. Um, it's it's very much, you know, um, prestigious, and there's been so many greats that have won it in the past. Um, and it's such a, it's a tough one to get because you have to be so consistent throughout the whole year. 
Yeah. Um, so once, yeah, once you, anyone that says they've won the US Pro title is, has obviously done that and been super consistent throughout yeah. the year and they've, they've earned it, you know. So it's, um, to me, it's a close second um, behind a world title, but it's, yeah, it's something that I think, like, I, I'm pretty far gone this year. Like, I think I'm sitting, sitting ninth at the moment. Um, so top five would be like, and that's something I've spoke about. Um, I think top five would be a great goal to have and to achieve that. That'd be awesome. But next year, I think it would be my first year where I really could have a shot at it. And that would be, that would be unreal as well. You got to be um, pretty well-rounded nowadays to win it too. Cause there's like supercross, regular, all types of tracks, literally. You, yeah. you, race, you race Reno and then you race Houston and then you race like the Grands too. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's like a yeah. complete spectrum of tracks. Yeah, you have to be very, very well rounded. I think that's yeah, a great way to put it because there's yeah, so many different varieties of tracks and, and lengths and tracks, and, and you show up and there's always like always fast guys there. So you have to be like turned on that. You have to be switched on every race. Um, yeah, so it is a tough one for sure. Uh, we got a ton of questions from the grandstands. Do we want to get to those, T? Yeah, let's get to some. Uh, Jack, That's I did. Hot. Before we get to that, I have to ask you. We're talking like you're a fashion guy. You you seem to you know you're a fashion guy. You have your fits, whatever. I was talking chains <laughs> with Tori, and I like I'm yeah. I'm a chain guy for the past let's say couple of years. I'm trying to be you know have a couple items here and there, but I never have yeah. my chain outside my shirt. It's always inside. It's just how I am. How do I become? Are you you're a chain guy? You got a chain on? Yeah, yeah you got a chain on too. Yeah. Do you rock it outside your shirt? I rock it outside the jersey sometimes. Okay. Yes. Oh wow! Outside the yeah. jersey. Yeah, yeah, because I, you know, I like to see the, like a little bit of bling in the in the pictures and stuff. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, I I like when I first started. So I've been wearing this a couple of years now. When I first started wearing it, it was it was always out. It was always out. I wanted to flaunt it for everyone. And um, but since then, <laughs> yeah, I've I've been t- like tucking it away. Not really on purpose. It's just like when I put my shirt on, it just stays under. But I like to wear like the collars that kind of are a bit tighter, so it doesn't. It looks a bit forced when it's out. Anyway, mm. um, I like I, I like to do the outfit. I let the, let the outfit do do the talking anyway. Um, but <laughs> I like to I like to keep it on because it's it's my dad's um, or it was my dad's. That's so cool. I like yeah yeah. So I like having it on um, yeah at all times anyway. So. But uh, no, I appreciate that part, Daddy. I, I think I'd like to think that I, I can put it on when, yeah. <laughs> when I need to. Yeah, you guys, yeah. Got, you guys got fits. Even all like your your buddies, like all the Aussie guys. I, I see you guys in Europe. You guys just, you know, you got your thing going on. I wish I could rock <laughs> yeah. some of that. I just wear the most basic clothes these days. I put like a, I go from like a, a, a nine inch short to a seven inch pair of short, and I feel like, dude, I'm just like so trendy. I got some short shorts on, dude. I'm like, nobody even thinks twice. They're like, oh, the guys just wearing normal shorts. In my head, I'm just going yeah. so out there. Yeah, you got those seven inches on, feeling like they're booty shorts. Like, whoa, take <laughs> way much off here. <laughs> No, no, I always yeah. thought it was funny, like in track and field or something, when they're in the blocks and the starter goes set and they're ready to go. And then they're all wearing chains and they're just like swinging <laughs> in front of their face. <laughs> it's wild. Like, yeah, honestly. At least we've got like the full like the full face helmet. Like theirs is no like full on swinging in front of their face. Yeah. And then they it's run, like, it's like fucking bouncing all over the place. Even crazy. like even these these NFL players, like they're rocking proper iced out chains in yeah. the game. Like I saw. I saw a video of one of the wide receivers and he's like, he runs across like, and he, he tucks his chain and then goes into like to the end zone and scores a touchdown. Crazy, like, dude. 
like, I don't even like those chains worth, yeah, crazy I, amount as well. So. I've tried to ride with mine, and like when it comes, it eventually it comes like one lap, it comes out of my jersey, and then I tuck it back in, yeah. and then like after like three times, like hey, this is stupid, I so I end up taking it off. So now, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. yeah. I remember mine came out a few times too, and it's annoying. It starts hitting the mouthpiece. Yeah, you can hear dangling oh, around, like ting ting. Yeah. What am I doing here, dude? Yeah, yeah. I, I'll, I remember going through that that bumpy rhythm at Reno, and I was just like, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just kept hitting. Uh, did you take any air to your tires um, for Reno because it was that bumpy? Yeah, tad, just a little yeah. bit. Yeah, okay. Uh, but I was like, oh yeah, I'll skip some pedals trying to turn out of the the corners and stuff like that. It was it was pretty bad. Fuck, that sucks. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm still a fan of it, though, so it's all right. <laughs> that's fair. It's part of the charm. I'm a fan. Yeah. Um, from Carter118, not a question as such, but let Jack know his Darwin mob are super proud of him. <laughs> Hell yeah. The mob. <laughs> that one, that one's a cool spot. That one's sick. It's, um, yeah, it's nice up there. Very, it's like a city, but it's it's quiet. quiet. It's a small town vibe. It's cool up there. And they're, they're good people. Tom, do you have them up or do I need to read them off? I got them up too. Okay. Um, this one, I'll, I'll do two, but this one, the first one's not a question from Matty J. He just, he thinks your undies must be quad XL. <laughs> <laughs> um, this oh. is actually a good question. Scott Wire, uh, how long does a drivetrain last him? So chain ring, chain rings, chains, like uh, how long does that last you? Yeah, good question. Um about eight, nine sprints, tops. <laughs> I, do, I do go through the drivers pretty quick. Yeah, I do go through the drivers. Especially when it's like, especially when it's a big gear, like a big gear session. Um, but I remember I had a, a 15 on the rear and I, I left it on for, for quite a while. Um, I want to say like three, three, four weeks. So like a decent yeah. block. Yeah. And um, there was no way I was getting that thing off. I think it like the metal like embedded into the teeth of the driver. So yeah. I, I just I, I had to take the whole driver off. Um, so funny. Yeah, try and try and re- like replace them frequently so they're not super worn out. I'm a big fan of the replacement. I feel like that's one thing that's like if you want to switch that as frequently as you want, like that's acceptable because because like it's your drivetrain. Like that's where it's where the energy is going through. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Come um, only what's from Ollie Moran, how many shoes do you have? Oh, <laughs> uh, Ollie, uh, too many. <laughs> I banned myself actually. I recently banned myself. I was like, all right, that's enough. My mum was so mad at me because I would just buy all these shoes. She's like, what are you doing? You're spending too much money. You have shoes. You've got two feet. You don't need all these. Pe-. But I think if I actually had the cow, I would do. Yeah, probably twelve at least. Are they all with you? Yeah, it's okay, but it's still like twelve shoes for twelve pairs of shoes for two feet. Probably not. Yeah. Is there a certain type you like collecting? Are you like a? Is there certain certain model? You're not. You're not like a Jordan guy, are you? No, no, that's a bad thing. That's a good thing. That is actually out of the budget for me. That's those are expensive. But I, I don't know. I just go for colors, really, like. Something that's easy to wear. Mm, um, yeah. I, just, I just recently bought a pair of um, Air Max 95s that are pink, and they're, they're my first like out there color. But I thought it'd be cool to like go neutral outfit to you know a pop at the at the feet kind of thing. Um, but I go yeah, I just go for easy to wear. So like I've got 
I've got like some New Balance five fifties. I've got some Sambas. I've got um, I've got like this pair of Dog Martin loafers that like look like <laughs> every time I wear them out, they're like, why, "Why are you wearing those grandpa shoes? Like, what are you doing?" <laughs> so, let me let me do my thing. Let yeah. me let me let me be happy in my shoes, please. Let the kid cook. He's got it working. Let him cook. Let him cook. Let him cook. Yeah, exactly. Are the yeah, those New Balance <laughs> shoes? Are those like the dad shoes? Yeah, so I've got I've got the five fifties. Yeah, a pair of dad New Balance. Yeah, I've got some nine I've got some nine ninety threes that I thrifted in Toronto for fifty five bucks, and they sell for like one hundred and ninety. Um, are we but, talking yeah. like those standard issue New Balance like white shoes that just are look like? Or am I thinking of Nike? Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Right, pretty much. Yeah, James, like the fifty year old dad wears with baggy jeans. Yes, and that's that's exactly the outfit I go for too. So every time I'm <laughs> My grandpa's trendy as hell, dude. Let me just tell you, he got, oh, yeah. he got all the colors in those ones. Hell yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Well, you can borrow from I might need to, because I didn't know these things. Like people get these, they're trendy. I'm like, no way, dude. I'm not pulling that off, but got to try it. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's definitely a look. That's for sure. Uh, next question uh, from coach Brendy, hot chips right. with chicken salt or hot chips with vinegar. Chicken salt. All day. What the hell yep. is hot chips with chicken salt? So hot chips are fries. Okay. Ah, uh, fries with chicken salt or yeah. Yeah. Yep. And chicken salt is like think of like a seasoning salt. Mm, okay. Yeah. That that's kind of what it is. So like every Thursday night, my home track would do a like a, a club race, and they would run like five motors, and after the third one, we'd have a break. I'd go to the the canteen or like the the kiosk or whatever. I'd get my hot chippies. I'd get, I'd get my hot chippies with my my chicken salt and and tomato sauce as well. And I just yeah, that was that's some nostalgia right there. But I had chicken salt all day. I love that dude. That's hilarious. Say yeah. tomato sauce in the U.S. or do you say ketchup? Uh, I I would say ketchup. Yeah, unfortunately, as, as much as I hate to admit yeah. it, but I've folded there because if I say. I was going to say, Lauren tomato. still says tomato sauce. Yeah. Oh, she's, she's staying true to her roots then. That's good. Yeah. I, maybe, I need to go maybe I need to go back to it. Because, yeah, like I'll say tomato sauce and people will think I'm talking about like tomato paste, like I'm making a pasta or something. It's like, no, no, no. You're getting the wrong idea here. This is this is stuff you like, put on your, your chips. Like your chips, like your, your Lay's chips. Like why are you putting like, why are you put ketchup on your Lay's? <laughs> so you go, nah, nah. All right. Let me just start again. <laughs> Let's restart here. Catch up with my French yeah. fries. All right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, from Brody Deerdorf 56, what is your favorite country to race in and why? Here, for sure. The U.S. Just, I, I feel like they, they do it right with the pros. I, I, you know, when I'm going up for a race and, you know, Grindle's hyping it up and oh. he's like, where are you guys at? Like that, that hypes me up. That, I think that's sick. Speaking so, of which, speaking of which, Brooke Grindle was in the YouTube chat, and they're, they're, she's like, they were in town, and we're tuned in eating dinner, and it just says Speedo, Eric Grindle. Hell yeah, <laughs> Grindle, Grindle's the man. That's my yeah. guy. Yeah, he is the he is the man. Yeah, that's so cool. Have you guys heard the the Speedo story, like where that came from? No, I thought it was just because he always wore Speedo to the beach or something. And he just saw that. That is, yeah. So that that's like where it sort of. The foundation of it but then john saw a post that i put up on my instagram yeah. and just loved it loved it because i put 
I put all my mates in like all the speedos that I had and sent them to the beach and we all took a photo together. <laughs> we loved it. He loved it. So this was, <laughs> this was right before Oldsmar. Yeah. And uh, and so I made the main day one. And so <laughs> Sawyer told Grindle to like nickname me Speedo. And so we called that out for the main on that's day hilarious. one there. <laughs> that's, that's where it came from. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so good. we need to get that on the back of your jersey somehow. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That would be a good back. Dude, yeah. a speedo dip would be off the chain. We're we're working on it right now. Yeah. You know, it's going <laughs> <up behind> the <laughs> Hey, that was uh was that the weekend that may or may not your chain may or may not have blown off after I helped you with your bike. That's the one, yeah. Ah, the one. Dude. <laughs> I just... It was it was it was the chain. It wasn't wasn't the mechanic. It was the chain. Let's go with that, dude, because it's that haunts my night, haunts my you know my dreams, my nightmares, whatever. Thinking about that moment. Had nothing, had nothing to do with you, palm dog. It's, all right. You're all good. Thanks. I, I appreciate that. I can sleep better tonight. Yeah, you um, can sleep now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another one from uh, Eli Shaw. Favorite pair of budgie smugglers. I have this pair that's like it's a blue pair with an indigenous design on it. Um, so like indigenous culture in Australia is, um, you know, very like, it's like the oldest culture in the world. And it's, uh, you know, and like it's getting more and more popular to, to celebrate and stuff. So hmm. it's my, it's my favorite pair. It's like really cool, like dot painting, um, on, on this, on the pair of budgies. So that's, that's for sure my favorite. Nice. I like it. Yeah. Um, Chipotle or in and out Chipotle. Yeah. But I do like In and Out. It's just I don't. I've got no exposure to it over here in Florida. Like every yeah, time I'm, in Italy, yeah. I'm getting it, that's for sure. But Chipotle is just so good, man. I, I think um, you know saving my money, I try not to eat out all the time. But if I'm if I'm going to get like a quick lunch and it's Chipotle is healthy, it's cheap. Yeah. Um, no, nah, it's the spot for sure. I gotta say, I had Five Guys the other day. It was pretty fucking good too. Five Guys is pretty good. I think. Yeah, I need a. To get out a chick-fil-a is like my my secret yeah that's my cheat meal that's my go-to <laughs> chick-fil-a so is where it's so good and i've got I've, I've got a lot over over here like there's i think there's two on my road like from <laughs> right from one end to the, to the other so it's um yeah that's they're easy easily accessible those chick-fil-a's uh would you rather do a race with three chain ring bolts or three stem bolts the classic, yeah. The classic, yeah. I love this one. For for me, I'm going. I mean, it's just so risky either way. But I'm going. The, <laughs> I'm going the stem because. Yes. Yeah, I'd like to think if I had three chaining bolts, I'd just rip that thing off. <laughs> oh, you, it would be gone. Like before, even when you, like, just as soon as you thought about putting pressure on your pedal, it's already fucking snapping. <laughs> Oh yeah, that. Oh. You know what? I'm a, be... I'm a three chainring bolt guy, but you know, for the for you, I feel like maybe we go three stem bolts. I think that's fair. No yeah. chance, Jax's chainrings hanging on to three stem bolts. Imagine like, oh, imagine going into a race knowing that you only have like you know one of those options, like oh, knowing it. Oh, it would be the most stressful race ever. 
that would be oh that'd I'd be ease it off to start so slowly i mean i don't know if yeah. i ever had the power to push you know to break three but like still i would ease it so slowly after after seeing it like if you saw it actually like a three out of four stem bolts getting to the gate for like a main or something i don't know if you could go all out knowing mm-hmm. that like, yeah, that would be that mental block there for sure yeah well i'd rather not know i'd rather not know and just go for it yeah. oh yeah 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 like just if it's if it's gonna if it's gonna come off then i'd rather not know and just, i'd rather yeah. just rather be surprised like oh yeah just, you know what fuck it jesus take the wheel we're doing it <laughs> exactly. yeah i'm just yeah i'm just gonna give this thing a full kick and if it, if it comes off it comes off yeah if you think about it, every time, like, I mean, we probably all had a moment where we had three chaining bolts at one time, like somebody's noticed. Uh-huh. How long do you think before does, like, before someone notices, how long do you think you've ridden for with that three chaining bolts? Like, even other people, Honestly, like... yeah. There's one yeah. time I think it happened to me at the World Cup in Chula, in Chula Vista in, like, 2014 on the London track. No, 2013. Then we, you know, you used to ride, whatever, still do, for, like, 30 minutes on the track, then you go to the hill. Yeah. When it's the hill on top of the gate and Willers looks down, he's like, oh, Tori, you got three out of, you got three out of four chain ring bolts. You're missing a stem bolt or whatever he said. Okay. I looked and sure, I was missing a chain ring bolt. So I don't know how long, I didn't do a gate, but I rode that track with three chain ring bolts. Oh, see. Yeah. Any like flight, like hiccup there and you're, you're gone. Especially on, on Shula, on that, Dead. on that, that was, oh, yeah. No Gnarly. room for error. <laughs> Gnarly. No. So, yeah. So I didn't do a gate, thankfully, but yeah. 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 In that same sense, so that's what I mean. Like, I got to think that we've done it. We just didn't know. So, like, it does hold up sometimes for at least a couple of little times. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It, it would for sure hold us. Just, yeah, I'd rather not know. <laughs> I'd rather have someone. <laughs> yeah. and then, and then I'd, rather just, I'd rather just wonder how long it's been going for. Not not yeah. actually know. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's fair. Um, do you have a favorite show right now, like a Netflix or just a re- regular show? Yeah, I would, I've, I'm spending too much time on Netflix, as my mom would say. Um, I've been just, I've been recently watching this new show called Quarterback. It's like a limited series on Netflix. Oh, I just, I just added that to my list yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Cause I'm, you know, live in America now. I got to get into all the, you got to, you got to pick a football team. Let me yeah. tell you, me and, the, me and the Baltimore Ravens would love to have you. Okay. All right. Well, see Tori, I'm a, I'm a Tampa, I'm in Tampa. So I'm yeah, be yeah, yeah. No, yeah. But uh, the Ravens are going to be good this year. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they gotta, I'm I'm keen to watch uh, Odell and and who's the who's the quarterback? Lamar Jackson. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm keen to see those two linked up. I think that'll be that'll be great. But yeah, um, the Buc- Bucks are a good team to root for. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it's only right that I, I live. I'm so I really hope I can get to a game. Like that's definitely on the bucket yeah, list. The games are fucking sick. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, quarterback. That's a great show. That's what I've been watching. Um. At the moment. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. You got any more tea? Um, I'm good. You good? Yeah, good. Jack, that was All right, a blast. Thanks for coming up. I was going to say, Jack, thanks for coming on, brother. It was good to, uh, good to hear your story a bit more and talk to you. Lads, it was an honor. Thank you so much for having me. I was, uh, yeah, so hyped when I got the message. I was like, fuck yeah, time's <laughs> out. You know, so I've been waiting on it. I've been a long time fan of the show. Finally here. Yes, thanks so much. Hey, we appreciate it. Oh, man, that. we're so happy to hear that. Thanks so much for listening, buddy. We appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, no, of course. No, great show. We're both uh, both big fans of you. You got a great attitude. I love watching you. I mean, I miss hanging out in the pits with you because it was always good just shooting the shit in between races. Yeah, I know. It's it's been a while. We haven't actually caught up, so we gotta we gotta make that happen sometime. Yeah, absolutely. Me and Jack were freezing our balls off in Houston together earlier this year. I severely underpacked that race. Underpacked. 
by a mile. No, no, no warm weather gear at all, unfortunately. You just, you no, if I go next year, I'm bringing, I'm, I'm bringing huge jackets next year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, big puffer, big puffer for sure. I'm bringing my Canadian winter attire next year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just oh, that's cool. Yeah, hell yeah, yeah. Appreciate it. All right, brother. We'll chat soon. All right, boys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Have Jack. One. See you Have later. Jack fucking Davis, baby. Where's the Where's the applause spot? Well, that's a good one too. Jack Davis, well, that's Sam, but I didn't have the applause ready, so there we go. <laughs> yeah, God, I love that guy. Such a such a good dude. He's got a good heart, good good uh, good head on his shoulders, as we say about many people. But he does. I mean, he's just like enjoys life, has a good time, really nice, respectful, hard worker, loves the game, puts in the work, dude. I mean, how can you not like a guy like that? Jack's one of our guys. Uh, yeah, I would agree. I absolutely agree. I mean, you come on the show, you talk to us, we learn about you. Oftentimes you can become one of our guys, but he's like, he's been and is inserted as a definite one of our guys. Yeah, he's he's one of our guys way before this too. The fun, yeah, like the funny thing is I never, so like I didn't know him when he talked about like being in Ontario, like living there. I never knew him there and then. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I think 2018, 2019, I think maybe cross paths because he knew some of the Canadian guys and, you know, Curtis is Ryan's age, so they kind of would have known each other. Didn't really hang out with him, I would say, until 2021 at some of the USA races and whatnot in 2022. And I just, yeah, getting to know him at the races and hanging out was so much fun. Just contagious positive energy and attitude. 100%, yeah, right? So. One of those people you like to do well, and I, man, I look forward to watching him the rest of the year. Especially. Yeah, me too. So I hope he can, uh, I hope he can help Ozzy get those two spots and he gets to go, or one spot and he goes. I mean, yeah, I'd love to see it. That'd be awesome. Uh, Progate Europe winning starts at the Great Gate. We have a good guest next week as well that we're lining up, so stay tuned. Stay tuned. Couple big guests back to back. We this is what we do at Chatter. We deliver the mail. We we deliver. Oh, I wanted to point out too. I loved it. Like Loki, I didn't say anything. But I loved it that Jack was stoked to go to Santiago del Estero. It's an iconic oh, race yeah. for people that who haven't gone. Like you should be stoked for that. Like that's hundred percent. You should be stoked. Yeah. Like, <laughs> We're not even being like facetious here. You no. should be stoked to go. You're going. It's it's fucking awesome. That's World Cup BMX racing. That's where like the fans are excited. You're in a different world, like feeling like everything about it's different. Like after parties. Oh, yes. Like come on, that's that's World Cup BMX racing. Go somewhere far, you know, work your ass off, and then just go ham in the club later. <laughs> <laughs> this is it's like an old older school World Cup. That's what's cool about it. Yeah. Yeah. And like that's not even like old like that's not even the old school, but it's closest I'm gonna get, no, no, no. closest they're gonna get. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah, I, I like that too. It's badass. Yeah. Right on. All right, thanks for listening, folks on YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you guys. We'll be back next week with the show. Um, snap on green. Snap on green, everybody. Well, what's this friggin' podcast all about? I don't get it, man. Coffee chatter? Get off my back, guys. <laughs> you have to be fussing the truck. I hate that guy. <laughs>